Premiership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. If you've been a Christian student at university, you'll be familiar with student movements such as UCCF, Fusion, Navigators and Agape, formerly Cambridge Crusade for Christ. But for close to 20 years, there's been another student movement that's been attracting the interest of Christian students. Known as SPEAK, it is a national network of students and young adults who campaign and pray on issues of global justice. It describes itself as a campaign and activist company, charity and participatory network that aims to bring change. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Louise Donkin, the founder of the Speak Network. So Louise, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you. Um, now, when I meet a founder of a ministry, a uh, standard question is to ask whether what happened uh, match- matches what was dreamed. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> what a spectacular question. <laughs> so, yes, I don't know whether when you if you can think back to your previous self when you were setting this up and now looking at it, how you feel? Okay, wow, that's such a big question. (laughs) Um, Well, like, I feel that there's elements of what we originally wanted to see happen that have happened, which have been exciting and amazing. And um, we celebrated our 19th birthday this last April, and it'll be our 20th birthday next April. So during the course of the time, we've kind of um, been at various different stages in the development of like the local speak groups, the speak links and the um, campaign groups that are facilitating campaigns on a local level. And they've kind of, they often fluctuated in strength and they've gone up and down and had various different phases. At the minute, we feel like from our 18th birthday onwards, we feel like we've been in a bit of a metamorphosis reflective phase. So for our 18th birthday, we had a birthday cake in the shape of a butterfly fly that's probably not the most important information <laughs> to tell you is it no, it, it, it makes things concrete in our minds yeah so yeah good. yeah so we had fruit as the wings and um for all those people that don't want to eat processed sugar and the sort of body was made of chocolate and it felt like we we're going for a bit of a metamorphosis but in terms of to answer your question directly it feels like elements of what we want to happen happened um in terms of local groups set up prayer and, and campaigning but one of the challenges that we've found is building local groups that really sustain themselves in terms terms of the student um, movement being quite a transient group of people only there for like three years so uh, over the course of our journey we've also set up and supported young adult groups so in some cities um, like Norwich and other places there have been young adults groups alongside the um, student groups in terms of of that and they have sometimes lasted quite a little bit quite a lot longer but one of the challenges that we've faced is trying to work with the local groups so that the facilitators of the local groups have enough time because um, many of them are dealing with a lot of other sort of concerns and I think one of the things that um, we've had is we've had regional support workers supporting the groups but I always wanted to see the groups get to a phase where they were they were a lot stronger as real quality communities and that they had people investing a lot more time into them lo- into them locally to be able to do more developed like expressions of what we want to do on more of a sort of sustainable basis so it sometimes feels like we could have facilitated things a little bit better um to like support the sustainability of the groups during the financial pressures that Mm. people face and the life challenges that people face and that kind of thing so one of the things we've been doing recently in our metamorphosis phase is reflecting 
I hope I'm not speaking too fast, um, is reflecting on whether or not, as well as regional support workers that supported the local groups, if we should be looking at having group support workers that give on a part-time basis to supporting and, and building their groups locally so that they they last and that could give a few years to that because most of the people that have took a gap year with us or worked with us, they've either worked as a regional support worker or they've worked in the support team rather than just locally. So we're kind of looking at whether or not we need to kind of um redistribute and look at look at that so that people have more time because i think one of the main things that didn't happen in the fullness that we wanted to to was the sort of quality of the sustainability of of the local local groups does that make does that make sense so imagine i'm i i I rock up at university i'm you know first year student there's a speak networkers you know within the university i join i think this sounds like a good thing yeah um, do I, if I have ideas um, yeah. of what I want to, what I think is counter yeah. the gospel or counter, you know, I can invite, I can bring those ideas or are they going to be educating me in what Speak is doing? How does it kind of work? I could tell you how we'd ideally like it to work. <laughs> <So imagine your laughs> and yeah. I could also tell you about some well, challenging balances indeed. that sure, we have. Sure. Yeah, but um, on an idea level, if you like... We have various different trainings, like vocal training um, in September of each year. This year, mm. Andy Flanagan spent an afternoon with us. Okay. And then what we do is we train the local groups each year in terms of how they facilitate it so that the Speak Core values, which are on our websites, are, are like core mm. <laughs> to what happens within the local local groups. So um, we try and get a bit of a balance between making space for people and, and still representing the values mm. in who we ask to facilitate things. So the hope is that in the local group, people would... Um, communicate those to people Mm. but there's always sort of challenges between giving everybody space versus Mm. does that make does that make sense and it depends on what we mean by counter (laughs) counter the gospel it's it's, that's what's challenging so if that makes sense so yeah and and so so it's not i mean classically uccf for example would have a doctrinal basis that you'd kind of if you're a christian you'd speakers would come and subscribe to that doctrinal basis and then they'd yeah. communicate and you'd know where you're kind of at. Yeah. You don't have, it's not that rigid, is it, as, mm, a, as a movement? No, we have like core values mm. and then we have a little booklet that explains what they are and if people want to read that, they mm. can read it, but we don't like kind of like, it's not as rigid in mm. that sense in terms of, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, yeah. did it come about when you were a student or when you just graduated? Um, well, the first time we had a speak meeting was in April of 1998. And that was when I was in the second year at university. So mm. um, we started, like, as well as speak groups, there's also speak links. And every for 10 minutes, every two months, we have historically sent out these action cards and prayer cards where we ask people to pray and campaign in a local group. So we got those going in the first year of university. But what we've found since then is that um, they're quite expensive and environmentally challenging to kind of keep producing. So we've recently, last summer, launched a phone app so that people get that information on their phone. So we're like in between times yeah, right now. So we're trying to, at the minute, the phone app is only on trial, but we started that um, in the September of 98. So that's when we started mailing out. But then I went full time in 99. And um, like Hugo Anson, who I think, you know, mm. gave us a, a room for free in a converted toilet or bathroom in um, a church in Hampstead. 
um, our address was really posh. We're like, we're in Hampstead, <laughs> but it was it had a sink just behind us. Right, and, right. Yeah, quite spectacular. It's quite spectacular. Um, yeah, surroundings, but it was for free, which was amazing, unheard of in London, really. Um, so yeah, that's how, and that was in '99. So we had the glorious experience of welcoming in the millennium with Roger and Faith Forster and all those people doing a sort of prayer action outside the Millennium Dome. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, in the year 2000. So that's roughly the process of it starting. Sure, sure. Um, now, I mean, there, there are people who think Crumbs protesting is often a waste of time. You know, um, so you've, you've been involved in issues which have yeah. had real impact. So maybe you could share some of the the positive you know, mm. stories of, of things yeah. that have happened well we've got so many exciting ones it's going to be a challenge sure. to fit it into the time but we have got a, um, a track record or the, our history and track record on our website now let's hope I remember this URL it's www.speak.org.uk slash track history but actually don't quote me on that well, if, you, <laughs> that if you get to, to speak.org you can get to yeah you can get, sure to get to the track history yeah. through there so basically um, how that how that what we've got is we've got a list of campaigns on there that have been successful so we've had at least seven to nine um campaigns that have been successful that speakers has played a key role in so um one of the first things that we did in 99 was got an arms embargo and arms being sold to indonesia that was um oppressing east timor at the time we got a temporary arms embargo that was in one of our second praying postcards our first praying postcards one of them got given to um president clinton by tony campolo when he was negotiating debt all oh, right. Um, in the US, and that was when we were still at university, yes, yes. which was uh, interesting. And then um, that so that was kind of information all about world debt that we did with the Jubilee um, two thousand campaign, as it was called then, but it's now called the Jubilee Debt Campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also um, collaborated with the a group of Christian MPs, and we've closed down the government department called the DESO. Um, the Department of Export Services Organisation, um, which we did a massive action outside it in 2004, where we made a trench and we sort of prayed and and did a campaign outside. And that 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 department, we were concerned about weapons being sold and subsidised um, to like oppressive regimes, basically. And they closed that down, but they did unfortunately reopen the DSO, but as a smaller company in the UKTI um, which we're still campaigning about um, as well so we did significantly reduce the government subsidisation on arms and what the role of that organisation was playing. We've also done campaigns where we've um, looked at accountability in supermarkets and the financial ombudsman that have been successful. We've also done campaigns um, in partnership with Oxfam where we got GlaxoSmithKline to pull out of a court case with the South African government over cheap generic AIDS drugs. And um, we've also played a key role in the corporate accountability campaign where the corporate law reform act of 2006 where it looked at the accountability of the ways that multinational companies worked we worked with a coalition called the core coalition and um which is a network of different organizations campaigning on corporate accountability and they did change the law regarding accountability for directors so what that means is at that point if you were a director and you made a decision even if it was an ethical decision um to actually um not make a profit but to put ethics first you could be sued by 
the shareholders, whereas right. now you yes. can't, so, right, no, which is a massive shift. Absolutely. So um, we were kind of involved in that, which we, which I think is a massive strategic shift. So quite there's so. been quite a lot of strategic shifts that um, Speak campaigns have been part of. No, wonderful. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Louise Donkin, who's the, the founder of the Speak Network, which we've been talking about. You'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Louise Donking. Louise is the founder of the Speak Network. She's been sharing how in, back in 17, uh, September uh, 1998, uh, they founded this uh, network of largely students at the time uh, seeking to uh, protest appropriate things that uh, were, were against the, uh, the gospel and the good, you know, the, the uh, appropriate um, ways in which uh, Christians uh, would want the world to live. Um, and they, they're based around these, these key core values and uh, they've got groups in how many universities? Um, well, we have link people. Probably there's 150 link people that give mm. out action cards and prayer cards. Um, but in terms of um, in university, there's Norwich and there's a few other places. But at the minute, we're mainly supporting link people giving okay. out, out action cards and prayer Brilliant. cards. Brilliant. Good. Um, so let's start, moving on to the kind of leadership angle and your your own personal leadership. I mean, you've got a, you've got a stunning memory. That's, that's obvious. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of the things you've done, you just, you know, reeled off the things that... that's speak has been involved in i didn't even get all of them uh, oh indeed yeah, which I'm is sure, good which is good <laughs> i'm sure you got I'm, I'm sure you got some more but um you know the, the leadership challenges you've faced um in 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 kind of overseeing i don't know whether you'd use the word leadership overseeing this network of of groups um what have you found the most challenge yourself oh okay um where do i start um I guess it's kind of been a challenge because speak is basically what we try and emphasize it in an ideal world it is a more of a network so the local mm. link people the local groups and them coming together to also take part in um, make deciding what campaigns we're going to do but what we've also had is we've also had a charity and a company a campaigning company that support and undergird the network and the aim is for them to be undergirding the network rather than making all the decisions um, but the challenge that we've had especially is when the charity itself doesn't have enough money um, to make it through to the end of the year and we've just got to take action quickly mm. like we've just got to do a funding application or we've just got to do something so um, in reality we have these ideals but in reality it feels like the, ec the economic limits around the situation have limited as some say, situations limited the extent to which we could do things how we would have ideally liked to have done them, if mm. that makes any sort of sense. But there's loads of time when we have been able to do things as we would have liked to have done them. But there's also times where we haven't done them no, sure, sure. <laughs> in the way that we'd have liked to have done them, just to be totally honest. So does yeah. that does that no, make sense? Fine. And you've had to, you know, you, you're funding, somehow funding yourself through this. Yeah, do you that's... have a profession or do you, is it support, a personal support or how does it work? How does it Without work? Without getting too personal on your Or finances. in terms of for me or yeah, how, for how you, Yeah, how do you manage to... Okay, well I do raise personal support, I've got personal supporters and I 
theoretically keep them really informed of what I do but in reality I send them a Christmas card (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I have prayer supporters and other people that support me and we also do have paid staff but that's only for the very technical admin roles and the very technical and we can only really afford two people paid at any one time so and the number of days we can afford for them really shifts as well according to how successful our funding applications are at the time Um, and so um, but then everybody else that works with Speak if they're an intern or if they're a regional support worker if they're a campaigns coordinator are also self-funding yeah yeah so there's a lot of temp making style stuff yeah and and the rest of the time um i'm doing music and poetry um kind of on the values like ideally on the values of speak that i'd like to see reflected on it but some of it are my own personal views and there's not much money in poetry that's all i can say Mm. but not much poetry in money either but occasionally i get a paid gig but not Mm. very often yeah, I mean, you, you, you come across very cheerfully and very light-spirited. Um, and yet, by the nature of what you're doing, you're you're dealing with stuff that matters, that's sad, that's difficult, that's challenging. I just... And that interests me, that um, uh, sometimes people who are protesters clearly come across as very angry. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the pro- things they protest mm. about are a manifestation of something else. Mm. Uh, you've got a, a spirit about you, which is very different. I don't know appreciate you hard for you to self-reflect but oh that's good news (laughs) no but i just i'm just interested that how you stay buoyant when you're working on stuff that's that's potentially quite challenging um we do have our challenging moments as my prayer supporters will know they'll often get a text going please pray (laughs) i'll be like okay um but um yeah most of the time like we have just had quite a lot of amazing miracles along the way Mm. where it looks a bit like oh we're not going to have the resources to do something and then it comes along um at the last minute um happened loads so many times it's been amazing um so but i think um yeah it is a challenge because we want to be able to do so much more than we can i do have moments where i get frustrated and i'm not as nice as i want to be <laughs> so um taking various tents to festivals and i can remember taking tents to festivals in the rain and trying my very best to be nice to all the volunteers <laughs> but not, not have it not always do you know what i mean it's always sure. a challenge when the quite, conditions quite. are challenging and so um I try my best but i have moments of <laughs> of it being challenging as well um but i i could give you an like an i did think an answer to your last question after you'd already asked it about the challenge of leadership i did think of quite a good example of okay. the sort of paradox i end up in because sure, I, sure. I i end up in a bit of a para- paradox but sometimes i also use the word power docs where i feel like on one level we want to speak to work in a certain way but then i feel obliged in, to work it in a certain way mm. to make sure the values are in and one of the things we really like to make sure everybody's empowered but we don't want to centralize and one time um we had somebody drafting our newsletter volumize who was a student drafting our newsletter and she wanted to write an update from the speak headquarters and we were like we don't want her to write the speak headquarters because no. that will create the wrong vibe. But then we had to say to her, look, we really don't want you to write the speak headquarters in the newsletter because that will create the wrong vibe. And she was like, what? But you're the speak headquarters telling me not to write the speak headquarters in the title of the I'm newsletter. Right, I, that, and yes. that was just the perfect irony. And we're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of a power docs or paradox sure. that yeah. we found ourselves in. But I think it's because the economy doesn't work in the way that we really want it to work, mm. that, that those issues of intercessory tension exist where where we don't end up doing where things yeah i don't know does that make any no it does i was going to come on to the kind of philosophy of leadership that that obviously within the leadership file you know classically there's there's a marrying of what you might call business models of leadership with christian models leadership in that that exists within Mm. the charismatic evangelical world yeah 
and and sometimes that seems to undermine the kind of principles Jesus taught of of God being our leader, the Holy Spirit leading us, mm. um, and and we put too much pressure on individuals. Mm. And I'm wondering, you know, talk a little bit about how you found that and and what, what your philosophy might be of when we put too much pressure on individuals. Mm. Um, right. Okay. Um, theoretically, I've tried very very hard at points, and I've uh, vastly. Um, you know, vastly kind of like um, fluctuated in how effective I've been at this. Um, but I've tried very hard to like leave certain areas of responsibility with people and go off and do other things, right? And that's worked fine in certain areas of Speak's history until Speak is in financial challenge, mm. in which case sometimes I feel like, oh, we need to sort of intervene. And it it's kind of like quite often people have stepped in and helped um, in certain situations, but there's certain things where it's like quite hard for people to see or know that exists. And for me, the pressure hasn't necessarily been everybody's expectations because I try and minimise them um, by just trying to make sure they know they have to to kind of like, that I won't be available type thing at certain points. Um, but basically... Um, what's been a challenge with us is that not many people have understood what it needs to make a sort of the charity side of speak work and I sometimes I felt that pressure um whilst there's only been a very small number of people aware of it so there might be like 30 people coming to one of our flower model meetings but there might only be three or four people aware of what financially it would take to make the rest of the next year work but we're trying to allow them to make decisions but the pressure is often like has ended up hidden um on us and in our particular scenario i don't think it's how it is in most other scenarios but in our scenario, it's ended up that way because of the way we've tried to structure things. And sometimes it's been hard to um, communicate the effects of us not having certain resources and what that might mean and, and all that kind of thing, if that makes any kind of mm. sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, writers and thinkers that have helped you? Thomas Merton. Oh, yes. Mm. Poet, hermit, monk, activist. Really good. Yeah, just kind of like periodically go away and have a retreat and read some of his stuff and yeah, it's yeah. really good stuff um and in terms of like practical i guess there's um oh there's a lot like i like walter wink he's really good on a sort of um theological kind of level and i guess the writers that are um rather than writers people that don't want to be named so i'm gonna like chris erskine ha 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 thank you very much. <laughs> sorry or roger uh he's a bit more profile um um like Roger Mitchell, Roger Mitchell, Roger Mitchell. Mitchell yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in Ixus and he's done a lot of work on the spirit of empire and how things work. And he's written a book on the sins of the fathers and things like that. And he's got very radical philosophy um, on like and the whole building together network. Mike Love and those guys. Um, they kind of have looked at church structures and what might be better to work things in terms of more informal communities. And so, because at points we're trying to limit. Um, the extent to which um, institutions start oppressing us by accident because of the nature of sort of institutions and, and their demand for um, certain things that stop us having the sort of full life Jesus would want us to kind of have if they demand to be served themselves rather than serving the people, um, which is a, a constant negotiating risk. But the Building Together Network, what was the Building Together Network? That network had a lot of really good quality thoughts on that kind of subject matter mm. don't know if that makes any sense no it does no it does yeah. very much so. good well we're, we're nearing the end of uh of, of our time louise sadly okay but um 
I mean, you know, I appreciate you're at a time of transition, but the kind of things in the future that you might envisage, is that possible to ask? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we've developed a phone app, which we're very excited about, mm. um, but at the minute it's only on its beta version. So um, there's some information about that on our Facebook page, so that's speak, the Speak Network on Facebook, okay. where you can download that. And um, we're working on a, a, a campaign about student debt right now, and we're asking people to write an ode, an ODE or an OWED to the banks on <laughs> debt. So what we're doing is we're writing lots of poems on heart-shaped bunting, right? Mm. And then we're gonna, um, they're gonna be owed to the banks, and then we're gonna wrap them round the banking district and we're going to make videos where we're asking poets to do videos and what we've got is a thing called a discredit card so this is like a discredit card and it's um Kurt, it's a break the code write an ode um like night today 97 percent of all the money in the economy is created by private banks out of nothing when lent to as an interest that's a quote from a group called positive money which i think is really interesting mm. so we are working like wider but also as speak with the student debt campaign also in partnership with the jubilee campaign that campaigned on the cancellation of the debts of the world's poorest countries so what we're really wanting to do is make this massive epic poetry um kind of campaign um where we're going to look at um the way that our current economy is working because it's just basically not sustainable the uk being trillions of dollars in debt and america being trillions of dollars of debt and austerity being put forward as this solution we need to look at the way that money's created and controlled so we're going to go right to the heart of it by writing on this heart-shaped bunting and we're going to have a very exciting time changing the whole economy fantastic <laughs> <laughs> well uh, a speak network is never small in its aims and visions so there well we are yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I've been it's been a joy to have uh, have you on the show louise thank you okay. for, thank you for sharing and your enthusiasm and sense no thank you for having me light, thank you light spirited. So we don't often get asked well we do sometimes get asked but yeah on places no, like well, this but thank you so and the people can type in the speak network and they can indeed they can yeah. stuff. and obviously if you're a student then you might well find a, a speak link uh, within the university that you're you're studying so uh, great to have you louise thank yeah, you and thank you. Uh, thank you for listening uh do log on to premier's website and uh download uh, the archive version of Leadership Farm, go to iTunes and sign up to Leadership Farm there. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. You've been listening to the Leadership File podcast. Subscribe now to this podcast on iTunes or Podbean and find out more about our other Premier podcasts at premier.org.uk slash podcasts.